0: Gifts in the four years. So we'd love for you just to take one, and then uh, may that be a blessing to you as you uh, leave this place. This morning, as we gather as a, as a family, I don't um, do this very often, but I thought it'd be an opportunity for me to share some things—not uh, only Happy Mother's Day, but just things that I think will be a blessing to our women of our, of the church. And um, I realized this morning, as we celebrate Mother's Day, uh, moms are like buttons—they hold everything. Together, And if we didn't have that, our lives would be just kind of going in so many different directions. And saying that, I also would like to share with just the moms briefly uh, a couple things this morning. I would like to encourage you moms this morning, and this goes for us as men as well, but as I just want to share with moms just briefly or ladies that are here, I want to encourage you this morning to guard your heart. I think through scripture and the things that, that are going on in, in the world that we live in. I was reminded of this passage of scripture, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. It says this, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I was reminded this morning as I was sitting at home before I came to church, I don't sing much music, but I love music. And I was reminded of this song. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Ears, what you hear. Hands, what you do. Obviously, there's a lot more in there, but you don't want me to sing stuff. So, uh, feet where you go, mouth what you say. There's a Father up above, looking down in love. So, be careful, little eyes, what you see careful little ears, what you hear. And if we're not wise men and women, students, if you don't guard your heart well, it will be amazing what you find yourself calling true, which is not true. It's amazing what we will, you will find yourself justifying sin that is in total disobedience to the word of God. And so as you navigate life today, moms, I would encourage you, guard your hearts. I'd also like to encourage you from a passage in 1 Peter. I realize that this passage is designed for husbands and wives. But it's very interesting as I read these words, I would encourage you ladies of Bible Fellowship Church, the outside should not be our biggest concern. This morning as I read 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 3, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I realize today that we live in a society, what we do on the outside, everybody sees. But that is not the priority when you look at the truth of Scripture. And so at times, all of us in this room look for something on the outside to say, well, if I just had that, then I would be valuable. If I could just go there, do this. I told First Hour, I'm so thankful. That I, I am not living in this generation because I am the world's worst romantic. And now, all this stuff that goes on as far as your engagement, you know, and, you know, I was listening to Rachel and to Ryan talk, and he bought a shirt that he kept for a year and a half. They went on their first date. He never wore it until they went to Israel, and then he wore it, and she never recognized it. I'm thinking, what a sap. How do you remember all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, really. You know, just wear the shirt, brother, wear it. He's like, no, he bought it at a thrift store with Rachel. And he kept it until he decided he was going to ask her to marry him. I'm, and I'm, that's not all. <laughs> and so we, lit, we get caught up in this whole, you know, engagement thing. And then diamonds are bigger and bigger. I told first, of all, I think I need to go back and buy another diamond for Susan because now it's too small. I mean, it's just like, this is crazy. You know, but and it's it. Oh, I'll send you a letter in the mail for an end check or something. But it's a it's a great concept of what's going on on the outside. Everybody's thinking about the outside, and people are spending more and more money for the out. You can fix the outside, but the outside isn't what really matters. Listen to Peter's words. Instead, it should be your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. It's been a blessing to me over the years to be married to Susan, and this gentle, quiet spirit has been inside her. All the things that she could have told me I was doing wrong. All the things that she knew was right. She just said, Lord, I'm going to trust him to you. I'm not going to respond to that most ridiculous concept or thought he just had. I'm not even going to respond to it. Because I know it's just a thought that just went in one ear and went out. And he hasn't really thought all the way through it. It's just a thought. He's just talking to me. And my life has been blessed. Because the outside is not a priority. A gentle and a quiet spirit, ladies. Another thing that I'd like to share with you is trust is words. You have something in front of you. Some people call it Bible. Some people call it life instruction book. Some people call it God's word. I'm not sure what you call it. It doesn't really matter what you call it if you listen to the words. If you say, Lord, if this is what you want, from, if this is true, if you want to be the light to my path, then I will listen. A passage of Scripture that is really good for this is 2 Timothy. As Paul's writing to this young man, Timothy, and the Christians are going in all kinds of different directions, they had all forms of godliness. Oh yeah, they would show up in church, but they were lovers of themselves and lovers of money, and, and they were boastful and they were proud, and it was nothing to do with what a biblical life looked like. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is God breathed, and it's useful. You know what's interesting? It doesn't say it's useful to make you happy. It's not useful to make you wealthy. It's not useful for you to justify your thoughts. Which are, all those things are temptations. It is useful for teaching, rebuking. Correcting and training in righteousness. Why do we need those things? So that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We all need instruction. But none of us like to be instructed. We all need truth. But most of us don't like truth. And so this morning as you've gathered here as part of our family, I want you just just to pause for a minute. I realize today is a special day. It's Mother's Day. And as we celebrate Mother's Day, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to ask yourself this question first. I want you to identify those who have invested in you. Just think about it. Over the years, God has put people in your life that have invested in you. How did they invest? What did it look like? I mean, we can all remember specific people that we really like. We liked some of their investment, but I think we need to ask ourselves the next question. How did how did they invest? How did they say, how do they get involved in your life? What did it look like? Not just that they, oh yeah, I like them. What did it look like? What did their investment look like? What was it that was special to you? And then the other part of it is, how can I thank them for their investment? What can I do to say thank you? What does that look like? And part of that might just be, you know what? I'm going to take a principle that I learned from them and I'm going to carry on in my life for the rest of my. Life. Because some of us, if we're thinking about people that invest in us, they're not around anymore. They're gone. And then the, the last thing that's just good is, what will I do to take what they've invested in me to pass on to others? What does that look like? I've had an interesting opportunity to become friends with Ike Richards. An interesting opportunity to watch an individual that basically about a year and a half ago, the doctor said to him, basically, you you don't have much time left. To plan your affairs, it's coming to an end. i had an individual sit in the circle with us on on a Sunday morning, and he asked us two things. Would you pray two ways? We said, okay, what would you like for us to pray? Grace and more time. Those were his prayer requests. And now we're here a year and a half later, and I've been thinking about these things. I've been thinking about these questions. I've been asking myself these questions. I've been asking myself not only for Ike, but I've been asking these same questions about my mom. And what I've, been, what I've been fascinated to come to the realization about is my mom, me growing up in my mom's home was 10 times better or 20 times better than what the home that my mother grew up in. My mom grew up with a dictator. He was mean. He never let his girls ever wear shorts. They were not allowed to wear shorts. And so what my mom and my, her twin sister did, they decided, you know what, we'll take up tennis, and we'll put tennis in, the tennis rackets in the back of our car. And we'll just tell dad, I'm going to play tennis. Guess what? My mom never one time lifted a tennis racket. You know what's so sad is? That my grandpa never said, hey, I want to come watch you play. You say you play tennis. You're my daughter. You're my twin yeah, twin girls. Hey, I'll come watch you. And I think about what my mom took from her home. And then how it transformed to the home that I grew up in. And I also want to be very careful because sometimes when you talk about moms and dads and earth, there's issues. My kids are messed up because I'm their father. I know that. They have issues because I'm their dad. I am very well aware of my issues, and I've already apologized to my kids, and I'll probably apologize to Les, the rest of the time I have life. I'm sorry. I'm messed up. I know, and I'm your dad, and it's the best you got right now, so here I am. I, re- I recognize that, but I want to take what's been invested in me, and I want to pass that on to the next generation. And I'm not not talking about self-helps here. I'm talking about some fundamentals. Some things that have radically changed your life just by sitting here, but have been true for generations. I want you to think about the first one, the faithfulness of God. This morning, as we've gathered together as a family, I want to remind you of God's faithfulness. And I want to encourage you as you sit here, take your Bible and go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 89. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. This morning we're celebrating. I have an opportunity to say, moms, thank you. Another way I would like to encourage you, moms, take this and pass it on. Remind yourself first, moms, dads, everybody sitting in this building... That God has been faithful for generations. No matter what takes place on this earth. He has been faithful. And we have a tendency to say. To see all the other things. Took at Psalm 146. Psalm 146 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God. As long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes or in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the the ground. On the very ground, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose hope is in the God of Jacob. What makes the God of Jacob special? The God of Jacob is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. The Lord who remains faithful forever. Forever. If we could pass one thing on to somebody younger than us would be willing to trust the faithfulness of God. He will be there. There There will not be mistakes with Him. He will be walking with you wherever you go. And knowing this you will have to have opportunity and a challenge, especially in our society, in the comforts of living in the United States of America. You will be challenged to cling to the faithfulness of God. In a generation that wants something right that changes from year to year, week to week, month to month. Here's a great example. I didn't watch this, but I've heard about this. Lawrence Well, just music. Just take it for an example. The Lawrence Well show. If you would have ever thought we would have went from Lawrence Welk type of music to the stuff that our students listen to today, we would be horrified. And that is how fast our society is saying, Hey, this is okay. You can't accept this. It's not a big deal. And it's changing, and the changes are getting more and more drastic, quicker and quicker. And if you're not careful... You'll start fudging over here and say, well, it's uh, it's not that big of a deal. It'll be okay. No, it's not. Because the faithful one is the one that should determine what is right and what is wrong. Not the culture, not the society, and not your preference. The other thing that I think is important is to remind ourselves that God is eternal. He has been around for eternity past. Can anybody comprehend that? There was no beginning to our God. Take your Bible and go to Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Psalm 91 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth from the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Just reading those words, are there any benefit to know that our God is from everlasting to everlasting? Is there any benefits? As I think about God being from everlasting to everlasting, one of the benefits is is that you and I can know peace today. That you and I can find rest today. That you and I can find comfort today. That you and I can be reminded that eternity belongs to Him. Have you ever sat next to somebody in the bed that doesn't have long beyond this earth? Have you ever sat next to one in a chair talking to somebody that doesn't know where they're going to spend eternity? Have you ever sat next to someone that knows where they're going to be to go to spend eternity but it's still hard to leave this earth? you ever been there? I just want to remind you that you might get 40, 50, 60, 70 years. That's the Pretty, pretty, pretty small gap when you think about eternity. So this morning, it will be incredible for you to pass on a reminder to your family, to your friends, to the people that you're investing in that you know God from eternity. And then that no matter what goes on in their world, He will be there. And He's the only place that they will be able to find rest, hope, and peace because He's been there For eternity need, not going anywhere. The last thing that I want you to see this morning is that God is sovereign. I think this this is valuable for us to pass on to the next generation. Why is this valuable? Because if you don't pass on the sovereignty of God, we grow up a bunch of whiners as Christians. Because the truth of the matter is that God has absolute rule over creation as king and the total control and the determination over all that happens. All that happens. You need to grasp that truth. So my God knew that my mom was going to grow up with a dictator. And my mom knew, God knew that my mom was going to be manipulated by a man just overused by use of a tennis racket. And the guy didn't care enough to step into my mom's world and say, I'll come watch you play tennis. That's how much I love you. I want to be involved. And God has molded and shaped my heart as a young man and as brothers and sisters to know that my parents cared about us. She did not allow allow her heart to become bitter and angry and for me to suffer the consequences of the sovereignty of God in her life. Somewhere she grasped that, God, I want you to mold and shape my heart because I want to love my boy. I want to love his dad. I want to love his brothers and sisters. And I'm not going to allow that over there for Mr. Haney to affect how I take care of my, my kids. You know something? My mom never ever heard or my father ever heard their parents say, I love you. Never. There's not a time when I hang up the phone talking to mom that she doesn't say, I love you. And that I don't say, I love you. Where did I learn that? Because she allowed God to work in her soul. And I'm her son. And I get a text this morning. Say, Mom, thanks. Thanks for being my mom. And I didn't, you know, text messages. I'll probably go back this afternoon and say, Mom, thanks for not being destroyed by Grandpa Hanny." And taking that out on me. Thanks for allowing God to work in your soul so that I would know what love looked. Because she could have been bitter for the rest of her life. But she's not. She's better. The sovereignty of God, and I can give you some more verse, I can give you some passage of scripture, Psalm twenty two, Psalm twenty four, but I want you to go to Ephesians chapter one with me. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11. Paul's words. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That probably should become a verse that you actually think your way through. That you spend some time comprehending those words. That you have been chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him. Who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So, all the stuff that is going on in your life is for you to learn to trust the sovereignty of God. He wants to mold and shape your heart. He wants you to grow up as an individual. So, this morning, as you sit here, we can put some things on the screen, and I think it's important to do that. I want to remind you that God is faithful, I want to remind you that God is eternal. And I want to remind you that God is sovereign. And I pray. There's a lot of other things that we could talk about. And this is not the best list you've ever seen. I understand that. But it's a great list for us to start to think about. What are you going to pass on? And just be honest with yourself. There's a lot of preferences. There's a lot of opinions. That we can pass on. That will end up wounding the next generation. Because it shouldn't be about your preference. And it shouldn't be about your... Concerns or your worries, or however you want to super spiritualize it, it's not about you. This is what we should be passing on. How are we going to do that? You're going to have to deal with the cross today. Because if you're sitting in this building and Jesus is not, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're not going to know peace. You're not going to comprehend that God is sovereign. You're not going to welcome his molding and and shaping your heart. You're not going to run to him when life isn't fair? You're not going to remind yourself because of his faithfulness. How do you sit in the hospital bed and remind yourself? Anything about Chuck Wilson, how does Chuck Wilson remind God is faithful? I gotta go to five doctors' appointments this week. Five. Is God still faithful? Absolutely. Is there times in our lives that circumstance dictate our, our thoughts and our emotions? Absolutely. Come back to the cross. Okay, it's me and you and Jesus. And your word has reminded me that you are faithful. So when I walk out of my house today, it's not going to be poor me. It's going to be about the faithfulness of my God. That's what I want to pass on. pray that you take some time maybe do some inventory maybe you do some identifying maybe you consider who's invested in you what have they invested in you how can you invest in others I pray that you take some time and say okay what do I really want to pass on Okay, Pastor Todd's talking about these three things but this is, there's three other things that you're thinking about great, think about your three things but be purposeful about passing on to the next generation the truth of God's word a love for God's word A willingness to surrender to God's word. To pass on to the next generation that Jesus does matter. That we're not just here living for our boat or for our house. Or for our success. We're living here because we've been called to be the light of the world for Jesus. As we end, I recognize that we're going to go our different ways. Matthew chapter 5 you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house this is Jesus talking to you in the same way Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who's in heaven. God, may the world see something different in us. So they say, hey, how do you have comfort? Where do you find your comfort? I find it in the cross. I find it in that my God is faithful. I find that my God is sovereign. I find that my God is eternal. How do I learn all those things? By coming to the cross and saying, yes, Jesus, I believe. to accept the free gift. It's your choice. Let's pray today. Father, we've met together as a family today. We thank you for this opportunity to be together. And we are, we are blessed because of you. Thank you for our moms again. I just pray, Father, that you would purpose in our heart that we would live for a reason. That we, wish we wouldn't go about life. That it wouldn't be a second thought. That there would be purposeful decisions that we make. So I pray, Jesus, as Will's already prayed, that the cross would be a priority to us. Not just by showing up on a Sunday morning, but by living differently in the community. And not just living differently in the community, but actually having a personal relationship with you, Jesus. That our hearts are in awe of your faithfulness. That our hearts will be in awe of your being around for eternity. Father, that our hearts would be in awe of your sovereignty. Father, thank you for what you've done in my mom's heart. Because in your sovereignty, you planned for Theohanny to be her dad. And in your power, I do not suffer because of Theohanny. And so, Father, may we be radically changed by Jesus so that the next generation doesn't suffer because we did not run to you. The change is Jesus from the inside out. In your name I pray. Amen.